Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. You can find me on Instagram at Teach Me Lit um, or on YouTube if you search for Sophie Tuvey and I've made some study vlogs to help you go deeper with the text you're studying. Today I'm going to talk about John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men and in particular I'm going to focus on the relationship between George and Lenny and how that develops through the novel. George and Lenny are the central characters to the story and we meet them from the very beginning. And quickly we see that their relationship is somewhat uh, strained. George is small and sharp and deft. Lenny is big and compared to animals like a bear and loping around. George is obviously intelligent and quick thinking. Lenny is more physical in nature and he seems to struggle with understanding a lot of basic things. He seems to have some kind of learning difficulties, perhaps, although we're never exactly quite sure. Now, it seems to that, that immediately George is portrayed as a parental figure to Lenny because he has to look after him. He has to tell him what water to drink, what not to drink. He has to confiscate the dead mouse off him. And in many ways, their exchanges are not really of equals. Even though they're not biologically related, they're not even family, um, this is very much the way that George relates to him. And George is clearly bursting with frustration, and that's shown in his dialogue. He swears a lot, for one, and he's got a lot of angry outbursts about the way that Lenny has made things really difficult for them. Just recently, an incident has happened in Weed. We don't really find out at this point um, what it was, but he tells Slim later that Lenny tried to touch a girl's dress, got accused of rape, and then a lynch mob was out to get him, so they had to hide in an irrigation ditch for the day. Fair to say that George is pretty ticked off at Lenny's behaviour. And he has this whole dialogue which he says to Lenny, and not really that Lenny can actually understand it, but more to vent his feelings. He says to Lenny that, you know, if he didn't have you, he could live so easy. I could get along so easy and so nice if I didn't have you on my tail. I could live so easy and maybe have a girl. Now, George likes to say this, but actually, Lenny's smart enough to know that George doesn't really mean it. And in fact, when Lenny threatens to go off into the, the woods or in the cave, George is pretty quick to put a stop to that idea. But it, it highlights the problem that George has. Lenny's a great worker. He's able to buck barley really well. But Lenny's always getting into trouble. He's a total liability. He doesn't have the mental capacity to really understand what he's doing. And he has this whole thing where when he panics, he holds on to things so tightly and his really super strength means he causes a lot of damage. Now, in the story, we see a number of incidents that warn us about this about Lenny. Um, the reference to what happened in Weed is one of them. Um, the dead mouse is another indication that Lenny um, is gentle in his manner, but in his physicality, he doesn't know his own strength. And he often accidentally uh, harms things or even kills them. 
Now, later on um, in the story, um, Lenny gets a puppy from Slim and he's so excited and he's always wanting to play with it and pet it. But in the end, he kills that too and probably within about 24 hours of owning it. We see in the fight with Curly that Lenny is too frightened to fight back until George tells him to. And in which case he grabs Curly's fist and crushes all the bones in Curly's hand. Again, an indication that George may try to control Lenny's strength and, you know, for example, set him loose on Curly when it suits him. But George actually isn't in control of Lenny. And that's the whole problem. When Lenny finally has the scene with Curly's wife in the barn, Lenny's talking to her about um, the puppy and she's talking about her dreams and what starts off quite innocent of her offering to let him stroke her hair turns into something fatal as he grabs on, won't let go, her panicking, gets him angry, he shakes her, her neck breaks and she's dead. So George and Lenny's relationship is clearly one that is strained by Lenny's unpredictability. But it's worth saying that clearly Lenny means so much to George, however much George um, has this mixture of emotions towards him. We could say that because George knew his Aunt Clara, who was his last sort of living relative, and George is aware of the brutality of the 1930s and what might happen to Lenny if he didn't have someone to look after him, he might end up tied up in what Crooks calls a booby hatch, um, some kind of asylum. And he knows people will be cruel to them because George himself used to be cruel to Lenny too. George once told him to jump in the river and he did it. Um, and he couldn't swim. And finally, when George pulled him out, Lenny was just really grateful to George for saving him, forgetting that George is the one who asked him to jump in in the first place. So George has got that mixture of guilt driving his um, need to look after Lenny and protect him because he knows what people can do to him. He himself is guilty of that. He evidently feels some kind of compassion and pity for him because he knows he hasn't got anyone else. But the obligation of looking after Lenny is a huge strain for George. And the fact remains that, yeah, he could live more easily on his own. But would he want to? As Crooks points out, a guy can say things to Lenny. It doesn't matter that Lenny doesn't understand. It's just the fact that you can say things to him. And Crooks talks about his own crushing loneliness. He's segregated because he's black. So he's in this this tiny um, shed, really, on the side of the barn. And he talks about guys going crazy with loneliness um, because they don't have anyone to talk to. So he understands, you know, why George might want to talk to Lenny, even if Lenny doesn't get it. In fact, Crook said, um, a guy needs somebody to be near him. A guy goes nuts if he ain't got nobody. Don't make no difference who the guy is as long as he's with you. I tell you, a guy gets too lonely and he gets sick. So we can see that George has got a lot of motive to stick with Lenny. And for Lenny, he realises that George is the one who looks after him. He relies on George to make all the decisions for him, to carry his work card, to speak for him in front of the boss. But I think finally when we reach the ending of the novel when George has to make this terrible decision to shoot Lenny basically to give Lenny a better death than Curly would because we know Curly would shoot him in the guts and you know make make a, a real meal out of killing him 
as was common in the day with lynch mobs and, you know, basically uh, white men on the loose tracking down anyone they thought deserved death, stringing them up on a tree, um, being very cruel and brutal with the bodies. George doesn't want that to happen to Lenny. So by shooting him in the back of the head while he's reciting the dream to him is the kindest way George can think of to to let Lenny go. But it's poignant because as he pulls the trigger, he's also destroying his own dream of, you know, finally getting that farm, that land of their own together with the rabbits as they've talked about for, for so long. However, it could be argued that because Slim steps into the space left by Lenny at the end and Slim is a wise person, it could be argued there is an element of hope there that perhaps George will now have a friend who's an equal to him, someone he doesn't have to look after and chase around and bail out of trouble all the time. Ultimately, the relationship between George and Lenny isn't sustainable. In fact, it could even be described as toxic because Lenny is always going to make mistakes and always going to get into trouble. And George is always going to have that frustration of of Lenny not being an equal and Lenny being perhaps more of a burden than anything else. So perhaps in some ways, the ending is the best possible outcome in this really brutal world of the 1930s. It might be worth thinking about how things might have been different in our world today, how would people treat Lenny? How would they um, view him after the death of Curly's wife? Perhaps they might be more understanding. He definitely would still have consequences for his actions, though. It would be worth thinking about how George's choices might be different today. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests, so if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.